I'm Julie Roth, and this is LA Woman. It's a show about women in LA building big things and cultivating successful lives for themselves. LA is, without question, one of the world's major cultural hubs and trendsetters, and every woman here has a story to tell. Listen in as we go behind the scenes one-on-one with dynamic, inspiring females who are changing the game and changing their industries. Share their successes, examine their challenges, and heed their advice as we navigate our careers together, one sunny day at a time. Today's guest is Kate Miller, co-founder and CEO of Miss Grass, the online magazine and marketplace for all things CBD and cannabis. After bonding over their vision for the future of the cannabis industry, Kate and her co-founder, Anna Duckworth, joined forces and launched their Venice-based company in January 2018, the same month that weed became legal in California. Now, they have grown to become a destination for those who want to educate themselves, get a few pointers, or simply pick up their favorite CBD products online. And with their own line of products in the works, things are just getting started for Miss Grass. Kate and I discussed how a startup operates in the cannabis space, how they're helping to right the wrongs of the war on drugs, and of course, her favorite products. Here's Kate. Welcome, I have Kate Miller with me today. Not physically, but yeah. Not physically. (laughs) I really wish we were meeting under different circumstances in person. Yeah, for sure. um, Kate is one of the co-founders of Miss Grass, And it's an online magazine. It's really about female-focused CBD and cannabis culture and products. And Kate, I'll let you put into your own words what Miss Grass really is. Yeah, so Miss Grass is a cannabis brand. Our mission is to make cannabis accessible. So we do that by making people get good at weed or helping them get good at weed. Um, So as you had mentioned, we have an online magazine. But we also have an e-commerce marketplace where we sell um, third-party brands, mostly CBD derived from hemp, so all federally legal cannabis-derived products that we can ship to all 50 states. And then we have a soon-to-launched product line, which will be available in California only on the THC side. Yeah, so I actually read that um, you got some venture funding for that. We did, yeah. Um, back in June, uh, June, May, June timing, we closed out uh, our, our latest round. That is super exciting. Thank you. Um, Anna came from Dosis, is that right? She did. And she was like an OG at Dosis when it was called Humble without the vowels for those, of, for those listeners that were around during those times. But yeah, she, um, she comes from a journaling background. Um, she was in Toronto working at a bunch of different um, uh, magazines. And then she moved to Los Angeles to kind of pursue um, more of her passions, which is like health and wellness things. And she got here and kind of stumbled across Dosis, which again was named Humbled at the time, um, and got the opportunity. And she felt like, geez, such an amazing opportunity to marry all of her passions. And she jumped in. She was their head of content. Cool. Um, so how did you all get together? We got together through weed. So, um, no, truly. 
as weed connects so many people. It's crazy how, how this plant has connected me to so many incredible people in my life, but um, Anna being one of them. Um, so I guess this kind of bleeds into how Miss Grass got started. So I'll need to pull back a little bit to tell you how Anna and I connected, but um, I, weed has always played a role in my life a good one, a bad one. Grew up in Jersey, brother got kicked out of high school for having weed on him. Um, that was obviously a moment in my childhood for my family. Um, and then I moved out to Los Angeles to attend university out here in LA. Cannabis was medically legal at the time. Um, and it was the first time I had a choice in the products that, you know, I wanted to consume. Um, it was just, it opened my eyes to a whole different side of this industry, but also this plant. And I started using cannabis beyond just the like at parties and smoking and getting high and having fun with it. I have psoriasis, so it was the first time I started using it topically to treat that. Um, I was using it as a catalyst for creativity and inspiration and just became such a believer in the power and versatility of this plant. So I landed up working at a medical cannabis dispensary while attending college. Um, industry looked a lot different back then than it does now. Yeah. Um, and it's truly kind of what planted the seed for Miss Grass. At that time, there was no brand that aligned or felt like a, an authentic representation of how myself and many other people in my life was using this plant. So I landed up buying the URL back in 2008, missgrass.com not really conceptualizing what it would become a decade plus later. But um, then I worked in entertainment for a decade, was living in New York. Um, this is now obviously a decade after college. Was living in New York, started looking back into the cannabis space as more states were becoming recreationally legal. Miss Grass, I had the URL and I like created a, a little Squarespace site myself and I am like not tech savvy at all. Um, <laughs> So it was nothing to call home about, but um, put up some accessory products, made an affiliate relationship with a couple of brands, but it was such a side hustle that I really didn't devote too much energy into at the time. Then states were becoming more recreationally legal, um, started looking back into the space, started leaning more and more into the space, and Miss Grass got to a point where it was okay, no longer could be a side hustle. I either needed to make it a full-time hustle or not, which obviously I did. So I landed up leaving my entertainment uh, job in, in New York, um, moving back out to Los Angeles to pursue Miss Grass full-time. And I got an opportunity to do an event at Coachella. This is now uh, 2017. This is pre-Miss Grass launch. Got an opportunity to do a Miss Grass event at Coachella. Um, and I was looking for spot. I was programming out this geodesic dome and looking for brands to come in and, and do little activations within the dome. And so I was reaching out to my cannabis network um, and the deck got sent to Dosis and across Anna's desk at the time. So that's how her and I actually originally connected. And then it took me a while to really leave my job. By the time I was moving out to Los Angeles. She had left Dosis. I got an email from her that she sent to like her entire network on her last day being like, you know, it's my last day at Dosis. It's been a wild ride and you know, blah, 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 stay in touch. And I reached out immediately and I was like, Hey, what are you up to now? Um, so it was just like 
I don't know if you believe in this, but the universe put us together in the right time for the right reasons. She really wanted to pursue something that was more meaningful, that was a brand in the cannabis space that had substance and was, you know, promoting conscious cannabis consumerism, everything from shining a light on, frankly, the racist history of cannabis all the way through to, you know, what the new industry looks like today. Um, so our missions aligned so well and we linked arms and we launched Miss Grass back in January, 2018 together. Yeah. Yeah. That's an incredible story. (laughs) I can't believe you had that URL. Yeah. For a while. I have a lot of URLs though. So it wasn't like a, whoa, I have maybe 30 plus. That's super smart. I think I'm going to make entire careers out of just brokering those. Yeah, for sure. Um, so um, I was going to sort of mention this later, I had thought, but now that you're bringing it up, I know that there are some um, companies like Ease, let's say, who have more philanthropic arms. So can you talk a little bit about the um, involvement that you and other companies have in like really um, making a change? I mean, I know that weed has a storied history in terms of like restoration and and racism and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So we do a ton and there's definitely a lot of brands out there that um, do their part. There are definitely a lot of brands that could do better. Um, But yeah, so we do everything from in our online magazine. If you follow along, we have an extensive amount of content that we create that shines a light on Uh, the history of this plant and what we need to do to create an equitable industry that rights the wrongs from the war on drugs. Um, We also have done a number of partnerships with organizations like Cage Free Cannabis, where we raise money and uh, translated expungement toolkits into Spanish. Um, We did a big conference up at University of Berkeley called SheCan. It was the first... um, conference to promote an equitable industry and it was actually such an incredible um day where we had you know there were people from the black market there there were like the legal side of it there were brand side of it there were um just so many different POV, POVs on this um, industry came together we raised we raised funds for different organizations Um, there's so many other brands. Humboldt Bloom is one of like our sisters in New York that do such an incredible job at shining a light on, um, you know, the past, but also keeping up to date with current legislation and what we could do like New York right now is, is a great market to pay attention to because it's on the cusp of legalization. There's still, you know, the current bill that is on, um, you know, being reviewed right now, there's still some things that need to get done to tweak that to make sure that proper legislation is put into place to create an equitable industry over there in New York. So, um, yeah, so we're constantly doing things to to point people's energy and attention into kind of the right direction. That's really amazing. Um, So, I mean, on, on that note, talking about New York, let's say on the cusp, so it seems like this is an industry that um, really hinges upon laws a lot. Um, so how much are you having to pay attention to statewide legislation all over the country? A ton. It's, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, with the farm bill passing back in uh, December, that 
definitely opened up a lot on the hemp side of this industry, which is which is to date where we've been monetizing the majority of kind of what the business is, business model is right now. So luckily with that passing, that really allowed, you know, different organizations and it opened up different marketing channels for us. It opened up different merchant processors that now can process CBD sales. So that has helped tremendously. But even before that, it was like constantly staying up to date and, you know, what's gray area and what's right and what's not. And, um, and then of course on the THC side, which is even more fragmented, which is kind of the regulated side of this industry is even way more fragmented than the, the hemp side of this industry because it really is state by state by state by state. Um, so we're keeping up to date with that. Um, we do operate in the federally legal side of this space where right now um, we have, uh, you know, the hemp business online where we sell CBD to all 50 states. So we can ship that. We can put it in the mail. Um, however, our product line, which is on the THC side, which will only be available in California, we won't be able to ship that across states. But we're keeping an eye out um, on different states and essentially what we would need to do is enter into them through a license deal so that we couldn't like ship the product from California to the New York market or to the Illinois market or whatever. We would have to set up a whole new supply chain in each individual state, which is why in cannabis it's, it's quite challenging to scale um, and become a like federally recognized brand because it, it is so fragmented. Right. And yet, um, you know, Silicon Valley and, and other venture firms are like on top of it, it seems. Yeah, definitely the past two years, there's been an influx of capital um, into this market, which, you know, from one side it is a beautiful thing because with capital comes attention and comes mainstream attention and it helps to normalize this plant. Um, however, you know, with that, there's some negatives, I believe, with capital, especially from the capital markets. One being that really our capital markets in this country are, are very male-driven and the culture of our capital markets are, are very, you know, masculine and, and, and not, and there's nothing wrong with obviously masculinity, but more there are some traits of the capital markets that are not looking out for consumers' best interests, are not looking out for our environment's best interest. Um, so, you know, as more capital is being poured into this industry, culture of those capital markets are being poured into this industry. So I've definitely seen within the past two years um, quite a difference in that. And just if you look at kind of the leaders in this space, how um, more and more they're looking closer to what a like board would look like at a, a major, major, you know, corporation. Um, so that would be, in my opinion, a negative. Um, uh, and then also just the fact that over the past year, so much capital has been poured into this industry and the valuations of these businesses in cannabis have been so extremely high due to this massive influx of capital where it didn't, the valuations didn't match what the true value of the market is. So now there's a recalibration that needs to happen. And a lot of brands are 
running out of money and not able to raise or raising extremely down rounds or needing to lay off half of their staff. So um, it's a good and a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm sure that from what I've read and and heard, I mean, cannabis is not the only industry that's going through that, right? The tech industry valuations get so, so, so limited. Um, So yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a reality, I think, for, for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. There needs to be a re- recalibration, which is happening. So going into your um, community, community that you built a little bit more. So um, I know that your you know, online magazine, you have tons and tons and tons of content. It seems like it's very obvious that one of your biggest priorities is building that community. So um, really, why is that important to you? And, and sort of how has that changed your business? Yeah. Um, absolutely. I mean, from day one, that was our goal is to be a community platform and build a brand all the while. But it's, I think, you know, community is so important in every single industry. And I think it's, it's vital to create a really powerful brand. You need a very powerful community. Um, however, I think it's even more important in cannabis where it's such a new space and it's such a new legal industry. Um, and it's new to so many consumers who, you know, may have had an experience in with cannabis or they probably weren't calling it cannabis weed or whatever, they, whatever we were calling it a couple of years ago. Um, you know, where it, we all went through that. Like I even had an instance in high school where I consumed too much and I was like, Oh my God, like this plant isn't for me. And now I realize, you know, now I'm smarter about it. And then I know exactly what to look for. I know how to read a label. I know my proper dose. I know the proper modality. And that's why I think community is so important because it gives people a, a, you know, people that have gone through experiences that they can relate to and it creates a safe space for us all to come together and share those experiences and learn and evolve and kind of get better at at weed together. Yeah, I mean, that's a very lovely way of saying that we've all tweaked out before and (laughs) let's not let that happen again. (laughs) We've all been there. We get through it together. (laughs) So speaking of products, especially being California, Right. I should say um, we're marketed to a lot, right? And there are a lot of different brands that have popped up. How does this relationship work with the vendor? Yeah. So the vendors that we sell on our e-commerce platform. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it looked a little bit different at the beginning of Miss Grass than it does now. But, you know, at the beginning when we didn't have a brand or anything or you know, I was reaching out to these brands and, you know, did extensive homework and research um, to develop those relationships. Um, now we have quite an extensive onboarding process. So whether we get a, a lot more inbound requests now than we did at the beginning of, of Miss Grass, but, um, so whether it's an inbound request from a brand or we proactively reach out to this brand, if we're not carrying them already, um, we'll kick it off with just a meet the founder. So founder or founders, um, where we have a conversation with them, we understand how they got into this industry and to begin with, make sure that there's like an authentic story there, make sure that their values are aligned with our values at Miss Grass. Um, if they check that box and it moves on over to product samples, so the brand sends, this is when we were in the office, but the brand sends 
um, roughly 10 units per SKU of the, their product to our office. Um, we have people within our team as well as experts across other industries try out these products to make sure that they're, they actually work. Um, we also at that time check ingredients on the label, make sure that there's nothing in the product that we don't support. We have a quite an extensive like no product list that we won't sell on our, on our platform. Um, it then goes on to third-party lab testing where we get every product third-party lab tested. Um, we review the C of A as it's called, which is essentially just the, the lab result. Um, and what, what we're reviewing those for are things like, um, you know, making sure that there's no like, uh, that this, the level of CBD actually matches the level of CBD that it states on the bottle, um, which you'd be surprised, not so much anymore, but definitely a couple of months ago, you'd be surprised how many, uh, there was quite a, a discrepancy between that. Um, we're making sure that they're not using any toxic or harmful ingredients. Um, and then it moves on over to us onboarding them. And then we get our content team behind it. We kind of take a holistic approach at Miss Grass. Anything that we have on our e-commerce shop, which is why it'll always be highly vetted, are products that we love, we use, we truly believe in. And the products that we love and truly believe in, we normally write content about. So we'll integrate them into content and, and um, kind of look at it and approach the partnership from a... 360 holistic approach. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so that's like sort of the creativity arm that comes into play. But I mean, this is very, and also you obviously have um, a lot of legal yeah. you know, issues that you have to run through, but it's very scientific. I mean, thinking about the levels of everything and the ingredients and all of that. So um, do you, uh, how did you begin to scale the team? Like there are all these different arms that uh, come from this, this, having this kind of business. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, well, it started out with just Anna and I in literally the room that you're looking at behind me right now. She would come over every day. Um, and then we, uh, we launched with no venture funding to launch. We bootstrapped it. Um, and luckily, in, at the time, like, you know, had friends of friends who did us favors to get our website up, which now is not the website that you see. But when we launched in January 2018, we were like very scrappy about everything. Um, we onboarded product partners and used the dropship method. So we weren't paying for any inventory up front. So we kept like the expenses extremely low. Um, so when we launched, we launched also at a time which was January 2018, which was the, the same month that uh, cannabis went recreationally legal. Oh, yes. In oh, yes, I know. Yeah. And it was the height of the Me Too movement. So honestly, there was a lot of things that I'm going to just chalk up to luck that like we were lucky that we were ready to launch at this time. And we launched in January when it was recreationally legal. There was every single press that was writing about cannabis at that time. Um, it was also the height of the Me Too movement, myself and my co-founder being two women um, that, you know, worked in our favor in terms of like the earned media side of it. Um, obviously, it doesn't work in our favor in a, in a lot of other aspects in business. But um, but yeah, so we we kind of lucked out and we scaled rather quickly right 
right out of the gate because of what was going on in, in you know the zeitgeist during that time. Um, so we had an impressive kind of case study that then we, we went out to raise our first round, which wasn't the, the round that you had just mentioned. We raised um, a pre-seed round um, and that allowed us to scale the team. So that allowed us to move into our first office, which was still such a like tiny little office actually in Venice. We're now, we now moved offices, but, and we hired um, our e-commerce manager who's still with us today. And um, our, and then we were working with, she wasn't full time, but we brought on our marketing, a marketing um, woman who now is our head of growth. So um, those were our first two hires and we really, really focused on content fuels commerce. So ramping up content and we are working with a bunch of different freelancers, which we still do to this day. Um, Anna herself was writing a lot of content at that time. Um, and then we were mostly drop shipping products so that we didn't really have anything in house. Um, and then that scaled, it allowed us to focus on kind of raising the next round. Um, and then after that round, we, um, scaled the team to 10. So, um, now there's, a, you know, we have editorial director, um, we have a social media manager, um, we, we kind of bucket in, in different divisions. There's like the marketing division, which does, um, you know, data analytics and, um, partnerships and paid media, which we do, we don't do a ton of just given all of the restrictions with paid media and cannabis. Um, and then we have our content team. Um, and then now because we're leaning into product now we have a product team as well. Yeah. So really quick, so can you explain what a dropship method is to someone who doesn't know? Yes. Um, yeah. So a dropship method is where uh, you have the e-commerce platform and you sell different products, but you don't actually hold inventory in-house. So you're not buying inventory from product X and keeping them in, at your office or a warehouse to ship out yourself. Instead, the customer goes on your site buys that product and then the product partner actually ships it out to the customer on your behalf. So it is a great way to start in my opinion um, because you know, it definitely, if you can arrange those agreements with partners, it allows you to um, reduce the upfront um, cost of, carrying inventory and resources required to do the fulfillment and ship it out and all of that. Um, however, the downside of it, and which is why we're scaling more and more, uh, um, taking more inventory is the fact that if you're, if the ultimate goal is like you want to build your own brand, which is the goal for Miss Grass, when you come on and you order a product and you get it from that product brand, it's, we, we don't own the full process to our customers, so we can't, you know, make a beautiful unboxing experience and things like that. So, which is why now that we have scaled um, since the since launch, we now are carrying more and more inventory. It's funny. I was just going to ask you um, since you are currently more of a marketplace, and now you're moving into um, your own production. What are the advantages of of either one? Yeah, so one, the advantage of having the marketplace and which was always kind of our strategy before we launched product is 
we have and own so much data and have such an intimate understanding of exactly what sells, what the price point is, what does the purchase journey look like? Like she's going on reading an article on like how not to be paranoid when smoking weed and like clicking through to the CBD vaporizer and buying it, for example. But have all of that to now use that Intel to inform exactly what product line we are creating. Um, so that's an advantage. And of having the you know marketplace um an advantage of going in on your own product line typically and cannabis is is a little bit different um on the thc side but typically your margins are much much higher than they would be if you were selling other people's brands right sure because you're a third party essentially right yeah yeah cool i was actually gonna also ask you how the landscape has changed really in these two years. I mean, living in California, um, you know, like I said, we see a lot of what's happening, certainly being in Venice as well. Um, yeah. I think people consider Venice like sort of hippie-ish and bohemian. Um, it's changed a lot, but I think that spirit is still there. So um, how much do you pay attention to competitors? Yeah, I mean, I think for any business, it's important to know who your competitors are. It's important to know what the landscape looks like um, so that you can differentiate, but only so much. Like, you know, I definitely stay up to date with what's going on and who's out there and what people are doing, but more so to see if there are, like, I am a big fan of collaboration. Like, I think that is the way to succeed is by collaborating with as many people as possible. So I'm always more so like constantly looking at what other people are doing to see if there are synergistic ways for us to hold hands and do stuff together. Um, but cannabis, especially it's like, it's still so early date is there's so much room in the space for there to be everyone who's playing right now to be a winner um, so, so yeah, so I, I keep, I keep my eye out, but, um, I'm not, not too concerned with that. Um, as it relates to your other question on the landscape, it has definitely changed quite a bit since we launched when we launched back in January, 2018, recreational cannabis in California just became, um, legal. So that kind of skyrocketed, um, the CBD space was, was still, new where you know when I first when we first launched I remember having to in conversations really even explain what CBD was and you know to so many people it was just like three random letters and now it's like in every single drugstore in every single spa beauty industry has completely embraced this the compound of CBD as like its greatest beauty trend um so, so that has changed dramatically as well as the laws have just changed i mean more and more states when recreationally legal um cbd the farm bill passed so that became federally legal without like any gray areas um so it's it's changed quite quite a bit cool so um in that i would i would like to ask you what has been um for you and anna one of your biggest challenges so far Ah, um, it's a great question. A couple things come to mind. 
Um, raising capital was definitely a challenge. Um, and to be honest, I, I feel like we, we did that well. So I'm sure it's even more of a challenge for, for a lot of people, but raising capital is just, we've never done it before. So it was one of those like big learning lessons that we needed to, to learn, um, throughout this process. And, and a big part of it was just even just going in there as two women and like being like, this is what we're doing. Like you in or you're out, like get on board. Um, where at first, like we were like, Oh, please like give us your money so we can like fulfill our dreams. And, um, just that like energy shift of going in with confidence of like, we know this shit, like we're not, and we're doing it like with or without them. And that slight shift completely changed the game for us. Um, and there were so many moments throughout this journey of building this grass and still are of things that we're learning. Um, the, the regulation side of this space has been quite a challenge for us. Just when we first launched, there was like very few merchant processors that would accept CBD. So finding that and then, you know, keeping up to date with all of those things and um, paid marketing has been an extremely challenging um, aspect of this business. Um, because there's very few spaces that you can actually uh, take out advertisement for your brand in the cannabis space. So constantly like putting something on Facebook and getting shut down or getting our Instagram shut down like five times and now finally like verified. So we're a little bit more protected, but even still, we have to remember like this still is cannabis is still a fairly illegal substance in our country and is classified as a schedule one substance which is still the same class as heroin and which is insane um you know but it is a result of the war on drugs and there's just still so even though now especially in california it feels so normal for us to like walk down you know abikini and see a major like cannabis dispensary like you know you can go in and get weed like you can go in and get groceries nowadays um, and even during this Corona time, the fact that many states, including California, has deemed cannabis as an essential business, it is one of the only businesses right now that are still open because they know that like this is a medicine and this is so needed by so many people, yet there are still so many people behind bars for this exact plant. It's fucked. So there's still a long way to go. Yes. Um, and I will say, seeing that headline this past week um, that it's deemed essential was like, yeah, it, it was it was crazy to see. I mean, I'm not really I'm not originally from California either. Um, but just seeing that it's like, I mean, I sent it to my whole family. because None of them are here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the legitimacy is so real. Um, it's and it's so real. Overdue. Yeah, for sure. So something that I know you all do so well is you have these amazing bundles on your website for different needs or moods or, you know, like self parties people want to have, um, which I know is going to be something that gets a lot of people through this challenging time. So um, can you talk about some of your favorite products? Yes. Um, so we, we bundled these Miss Grass kits. Um, based on the top need states. So 
we were noticing people were coming to our, our site or people were reaching out. We have a live bud tender for those that are listening. You can go on our site and, and chat with um, our bud tender live and ask questions. Um, she is extremely knowledgeable. It's insane. So um, please use her. But we were noticing people were coming and looking for specific products for specific needs. Um, like I'm having trouble sleeping. I'm in pain. Um, I'm stressed the fuck out. What should I be taking? So we bundled the top products for each need state. So we have a sex kit. We have a stress kit. We have a sleep kit, a beauty kit. Um, there's two more that I'm, I'm now forgetting. But um, so those are our top sellers. They're some of my favorite products in there. They are definitely the best products for those specific need states. And you could also buy individuals. So you don't have to buy the whole kit if, you, if you're not you know, if you just want to try one specific product, but, um, some of my favorites, I am a big fan of Bebo. They're my favorite, um, face oil, CBD face oil. It is amazing. I actually just got into gua shying my face. Our head of growth is also this like beauty expert. It's like her side hustle. So she's always getting me on to the latest and greatest. So I put this on every single night and like I'll gua sha or I won't, but this is incredible. We sell this on Miss Grass. This is what I use for my psoriasis. Um, it's Dr. Kirkland's natural lotion. Um, I have scalp psoriasis and elbow a little, so I'll just put it straight on. Um, I also used to be in a need to get do it again. I was taking daily a CBD tincture, which fights the inflammation from within. Psoriasis is an autoimmune disease, so it's essentially inflammation in the body. So taking both CBD orally as well as topically can really help that. And then my favorite THC products of the moment are Miss Grass coming out soon. I'm trying a, a lot of things and um, that will be available soon to people in California. Rose Delights are amazing, kind of like Turkish Delight edibles. Um, these are so delicious. Um, and then Pure Beauty, I'm a joint girl. These are really cute mini Pure Beauty pre-roll joints. Oh, I love those. Those are my favorites. Yeah, they're cute, right? Because I don't um, partake that much, like on a regular basis, but... Um, when I do, I always end up having things left over because I'm like, I'm not going to finish this. Right. Yeah. So. I think that's exactly why they came out, um, with minis because especially now the, the weed today is so strong compared to what we were smoking several years ago. So, you know, I don't think there's a lot of people that get their full one gram joint. So these are great because they're little, I think these are point threes, um, but you can you can get definitely get through it or not. But you then have like a little bit left. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for that. I was uh, also going to ask you just on the topic and why we're on Zoom and why we're all at home right now. So, um, what are a couple that you can recommend for stress or anxiety? Yeah. So the we have uh, one of our most popular stress vaporizers is bloom farms has a vaporizer it's called stone fruit if you're not interested in smoking anything during these times a tincture is an incredible um 
uh, modality and a tincture is essentially a dropper. I have it over there, but I'll just, I'll just show you. It's a dropper. You put it under your tongue. You'll leave it under your tongue for roughly 30 seconds before you swallow it. Um, we have quite a bit of tinctures on our site. One of my favorites is a brand called Two Rise. They have a tincture with turmeric in it. And I particularly like that because turmeric is also a great anti-inflammatory. So um, it helps even further with, with kind of my autoimmune disease. But um, that's also a great one. And if you're more into capsules, we have um, quite a bit of capsules. Papa and Barkley and Prima are two incredible brands that make real, really great capsules. And you'll just swallow it one a day. Excellent. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I really hope people take that advice to heart because I think uh, we all kind of need it right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we did talk about this a little bit, but um, what is next for Miss Grass? Miss Grass product. Yes. Um, I'm so excited. We are advocates of the full spectrum of this plant and of its consumers. So we're really excited to come out with our THC product line. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Me too. Cool. Well, uh, just so, so, so happy to have you on the show and like very much appreciate your flexibility right now. Yeah, of um, course. I know everyone's sort of figuring out what's what's going on and, and sort of the new normal, at least temporarily. Right. Um, so appreciate it so much. Thanks of course. Stay safe. Thanks so much for having me. I hope you're inspired by Kate's story. You can check out all these products for yourself at MissGrass.com and definitely give them a follow on Instagram at MissGrass. Thanks for tuning in to Ellie Woman. Please do us a solid and subscribe and rate on iTunes. Plus, we're also now on Spotify and Google Play. We're also at LaWomanPodcast.com and at LaWomanPodcast on Instagram. Let's keep inspiring each other as LA women and as women everywhere. One more thing. This podcast was written, produced, and edited by me, Julie Roth. Our music was composed by Jazar. See ya!